0: Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and I record our third episode in quarantine. And it's Holy Week to boot. So we talk a little bit about what it means to be in quarantine during Holy Week. We're just simply calling this one the one where we're in quarantine week three. So sit back and relax, and we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well. How are you, Nate? I am doing well. I'm uh, still quarantined here and uh, trying to find a new normal. This is Holy Week, so that's kind of an interesting challenge for us. But what about you guys? How's the uh, pig household? I saw story time with Michael last night, so (laughs) that was enjoyable. Yeah, we're. uh... Saw your brother's guts were all twisted up.
1: (laughs) I actually said guts were tangled. But then all the comments said guts were twisted because Mark said, My guts are still a little twisted. Um yeah, that was uh, Yeah, I saw that, that. Was, uh, that was fun. I have that I've had that big jar full of stuff for years and years. Matter of fact in youth ministry I used to fill it with things that would be appropriate to to storytelling and let a, a young person in our youth group pull something out of it and then I would tell the story. This is one of those mechanisms yeah. that I use it, it didn't it that wasn't very long lived uh, back in the day as I remember um, and i didn't I didn't <laughs> do it for many youth groups I, ju- I think I just did it for one and uh, it was just because I was I had this big jar and I filled it with stuff uh, to put on my shelf because I had a bunch of knickknack stuff you know how in a youth pastor's office it just gets full of weird knickknacks and yes people give.
0: And that that happens when yeah. you're a lead pastor. Yeah, it
1: does. It does. It's true. <laughs> People give you little knickknacks from time to time, or or yes. whenever you walk through the pews, you find strange things that have been left behind.
0: Stranger, stranger things. things
1: because of that, we we finished that series in in quarantine. Oh yeah. wow! Um, yeah, I had already watched it, uh, and Shelley had not, and neither had Maggie, and so I enjoyed watching them watch it because. Uh,
0: that's kinda of how I did Stranger Things. I watched it before my family and so I got to watch it with Paula. Speaking of Paula, her first comment was Why does he have a giant jar of stuff? <laughs> like does he keep that all the time? Or did he just do that for this? No I I was like, it's Michael. I, he probably already had I it. I already
1: had it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I I could fill in a couple more of those jars with just knickknacks that sit on my shelf next to my books. Um, my kids, man, they they love to give me uh, toys, like uh, strange toys. I have a, a, a alligator whistle with uh, two little baskets instead of eyes, and these little yellow balls sit in the baskets, and you can blow through the whistle, and the eyes will will uh levitate above the the little baskets on the alligator's face I don't know I That's don't know nice. why anybody needs that, but my kids they think <laughs> dad needs this they see it in the store and they think my dad needs to have this, and so they bring it to me just things like that so
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah well that i I did enjoy the story time where you drew something out of the jar i shout out to travis lee travis used to do a thing called sermon in a sack and what that (laughs) was is he would have the kids at first indian would bring him three items right and he would have to make those three items fit into a biblical narrative somehow Oh my goodness so sometimes they they fit well and sometimes he had to stretch a little bit to make them fit and of course the kids job was to try to Get things that there's no way he could work into a oh, biblical narrative. Right,
1: I'm sure they brought him Stranger so, Things um, every every time. But if
0: you know Travis,
1: I do know Travis.
0: He's he he was pretty good about working I, things I into a story. I bet.
1: I was standing even if it didn't really fit. I was standing on a train platform. Yeah, no lie. He he uh, he he's good at uh, coming up with stuff on the fly. He I was standing on a train platform with Travis in Boston one time. And uh, he started. He started saying, "Tom Brady's a cheetah. Uh, so, like, yeah, he, in Boston, yeah, yeah. He's a he's an interesting. I was character. not there.
0: I had left early that night. Yeah, sometime, at, and and you guys barely got out with your life. We did. I heard.
1: We did. Everybody turned. I would never heard uh, so many cuss words in my life all at once.
0: Um, you live with Shelley, don't you? <laughs>
1: yeah, she's.
0: <laughs> That's my standard joke when people yeah. say. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. I didn't mean to cuss in front of you. I'm like, I live with Paula. I'm good. They they just think it's funny. I live. Yeah. Just for those of you out there, Paula does not cuss. Oh, yeah. Time, Shelly,
1: so. Shelly is not a cusser. It's just a joke. Matter of fact, um, yeah. m- whenever my kids will say, hey, Mom, listen to this song, and they'll share a song with her, and it's got a cuss word in it. She'll say, you like it because it cusses? You like this song because it cusses? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll give them a hard time
0: about it. So. But, we have this favorite pastime that if if a song does have a curse word in it, we all wait and we all know the songs. And Paula doesn't. Some she does. She's not a word person. So we will just all look at her, and every time there's this look of shock and horror, <laughs> and, we, and then we just begin laughing because we're like, okay, we knew it was coming. We're just waiting for Paula's oh, reaction. That's awesome. And she's like, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> oh so she gets for a living with three three boys i tell you what well shelly, shelly uh, lives with three boys and life is and good. she
1: has enjoyed having maggie home because uh yeah when, when it's just the three she got a yeah. girl back oh yeah her they're 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 besties they take care of each other and, yeah uh, or uh, but
0: you were gonna say when it's just the three boys oh what when happens? it's just
1: the three boys it's whether we try or not we tend to to gang up on mom um just because our kind of fun and her kind of fun are different kinds of fun, and and we're and you know what, I could totally relate to that. We are lazy and good for nothing, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and she does. Yeah, we, she we does have that work. problem too. Yeah,
1: she does all the work around here. We
0: have. We all give each other a hard time about who's the laziest, but I'll be like, I will wait till Nathan gets up, like during this quarantine, if he's at the house, and I'll be like, Hey, bud. Could you, like, let the dog out and turn those lights <laughs> off and grab me a snack just oh. while you're up? Yeah, no. And he does the same to his brother and his brother. His brother's probably – i I'm going to give a shout-out to Tyler. Tyler's probably the – does it the least. So right. out of all of my boys, me included, uh, me and the two boys, I would say Tyler's the one who does that the least. But me and Nathan, are, we're pros at it. We're, like, expert level – um laziness we're nines on the enneagram so we we tend towards like lethargy if we're not careful and so uh (laughs) we definitely uh we definitely sometimes use other people being up to our advantage but since paula works all day we're trying really hard not to do that to her because the rest of us are working from home and our homes and school at home i took a picture today i'm sitting on the couch Tyler's behind me on the table, and I'm like, workflow from the house. Here we go. We're, we're getting after it this morning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, this is Holy Week, and I thought we at least needed to talk about Holy Week and quarantine. Um, I'm not sure what you guys are doing at your church. We decided to do teachings each day. So I've got different teachers from the church. So far, they've been really well received. They, they go out at 7 p.m. each night, and... Uh, just different connection class leaders, and uh, my worship leader, and some of the pastors at the church, so it's been fun. That's kind of what we're doing instead of some of the normal Holy Week activities we would do. Were you guys up to this week during Holy Week? Um, well, last night we had
1: um, Zoom prayer meeting, and so we had a bunch of people chime in. Oh yeah, in. you had, told me you were going to do that. We had prayer meeting. It just seemed appropriate, and uh, it, it went well. Uh, it's... It's a yeah. weird thing to pray with people, especially when you're trying to pray uh, unison liturgies, you know. Yes. Um, and so, whenever you pray, like a uh, like a prayer where where all the words are highlighted and everybody's to, like yeah, a response er- everybody's together, uh, it makes it makes yeah. it a little difficult because uh, you know there's here in San Marcos. We have some people who drive from South Austin and some people who drive from uh, New Braunfels uh, to join us for worship. Yeah, we have the same thing. And so then, then you have this...
0: Like 30 yeah, minutes I, away.
1: You know, I know that's silly, but there's a lag between the two. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not really... a. But isn't it a beautiful picture of trying oh, to get in it's unison? So, it's such, it, we're working hard. We could just dive into yeah, that we are. today. We're working so hard. I have this image of our Heavenly Father in my head where He's just looking down. And he's going, look at them scramble. To, look at them yeah. work so hard to care for one another, to look after. The whole world is on this mission right now to look after the least of these, right? To look yeah. after the most vulnerable among us. We're all, we're all trying to, and and, you know, we could argue, well, not all of us are, but by, I mean, the majority of human beings are working hard.
0: There's a good number of people. To try,
1: and I say majority, I don't know if it's the majority. It feels like the majority, the majority of people that I know, you know,
0: people in our world, at least, but I, I think it's the greater community. I mean... You know, I've been I've been posting these uh, John Krasinski videos, and the stuff he's doing is really yeah. cool. Just trying to bring hope, bring, and yeah. you know, he's an actor who who I don't know if he professes to be a Christian of any sort. I haven't ever seen that, but just bringing hope and bringing good news in the midst of. Uh, did you see this last week? He he brought the whole cast of Hamilton on a Zoom call, speaking of trying to get in sync. Really, and uh, to this girl whose Hamilton concert or theater experience got canceled and she's like 10, 12, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe even younger. And they're all singing to her on zoom and her reaction is just priceless. Oh, like, word. And so then they're going to fly her up to New York and let her see it when it's all open again. And I mean, just some of the stuff that, that people are doing is above and beyond kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And those are the big things, you know, and we always want to do the big gesture, but it's the small gestures too. and sure just calling your neighbor. Sure you know, my daughter-in-law was making masks yesterday, like just just things that people are doing, little bitty uh, small acts of kindness that making sure your neighbors have what they need. I mean, that's just, yeah. that is, it is, we're trying to sync up a little bit. Uh, I predict that after this, um, the church may experience growth because people may have realized some of the things that were really important, you know, so I've been saying that since the beginning.
1: I was looking at my shelves last night, my, uh, at my books, um, in my office. And, uh, I I say my office, but right now here's what happens during the day. Your house. Yeah. My house office. Um, but my, like we actually have a room that's like a, an office slash extra bedroom. And, um, I have all my books on shelves in there and I have my desk and those sort of things, uh, but somebody has lived in that room ever since we've lived in this house. Uh, I have stayed in that room. You stayed in that room. You found an interim in there uh, between one worship leader and the next. (laughs) And so um,
0: it was empty when I was there. Yes.
1: And so right now it's empty, except that I I was excited because our last tenants had vacated and uh, found another place and, I was going to move into my office. I was going to set up shop in there, really, you know, feel like that was my place to work. Um but during quarantine, um my wife is working out of there all day long and then my son has set up his uh, a television in there with his Xbox and he plays games in there in the evening. And <laughs> so um I, That's work, guys. I still I still don't uh Get access to my office, but I went in there last night whenever, when, for a moment, when it was empty, and I found this book uh, by Reuben Welch called "We Really Do Need Each Other." And uh, my father-in-law, yeah, my father-in-law had shared Great it title. with me, yeah. And so I was, I was just sort of reflecting on some of the things that uh, he writes in here about uh, how we were made for, we were made for uh, relationship, and how important that is to be in relationship. And, uh, and so then what does that mean for pastoral care? What does that mean for, so, so you asked what this whole conversation was about. So what are we doing during uh, Holy week? Well, we're trying to be together as much as possible. I'm trying to remember we did. right Yeah. We did a scavenger hunt for palm branches. I just went out and, uh, stuck them out around the city. Uh, just bundles of them. There you go. And then, uh, put clues online and said, Hey, next time you're on your way to the grocery store. Here's a clue to where, uh, to where some palm branches are. I didn't, I, and the struggle was—it was a difficult struggle because, uh, you know, I don't want people to get out unnecessarily, and I certainly don't want them, you know, struggling with the social distancing right. thing. Don't want any more extra people yeah. out there. But, uh, but you know, there are some essential runs, and I figured that if I could put palm branches along their route, then uh, maybe they could just roll down their window and snag one so we could uh, worship together. And right. some of my families actually yeah. did. They went and did the scavenger hunt and found the palm branches and and then took pictures of them on their, as they had hung them on their front door. Uh, you know, yeah. laid them on their front porch in, in, in an attempt to welcome the King of glory, the Prince of Peace into their homes and into their lives. And yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so we did that. We're, you know, we have a Good Friday service. We're gonna do Zoom for Good Friday.
0: Are you doing Zoom? Yeah so yeah i uh good friday is one of my favorite services and uh so we may just do a, a few songs and some elements um i'm definitely going to do the teaching for that day like i've had the other people teaching all throughout the week so uh, but but i'm toying with the idea of throwing some songs out there too because it is such a powerful service in our history our tradition here at the church um, yeah, I I love that what you're talking about the struggle between, um, trying to, to keep everybody safe, trying to like respect what we need to do as a community for the least of these, and then also trying to keep people encouraged and you know um, excited and so yeah we've we've wrestled with some of those things but w- the thing I wanted to say is what I've found as a pastor is that my people have been so supportive of me during this time, realizing um, that that there are a lot of decisions that I'm making about the church, a lot of decisions about how we get together, that none of us really have a roadmap for this, and and how gracious my people have been to me. I'm sure you're probably finding the same thing as a pastor, uh, not criticizing decisions we're making. I mean, just really um, encouraging one another um, we're trying to keep everybody connected with prayer requests, with needs. We've got people making masks for a local hospital here in Norman, Oklahoma, that a guy's going to pick up tomorrow. I mean, we just, we're just just seeing people uh, be the church to one another and to the community and, um, and be really understanding with one another. And I think, you know, that's something that that we see a lot of times, but even now it's, it's even heightened, at least where I'm at. Um, that the people here have been so good uh, to me as a pastor yeah. and just understanding, hey, you know, we're, we're all trying our best to keep going during this time, and we're trying our best to do it in creative ways, yeah. and some of the things may fall flat on their face. Yeah. And I think the church maybe needs to rediscover that experimental uh, <laughs> nature, you yeah. know, that kind of that wild, reckless Um, Well, we'll try it and see because, you know, I was going to do a parade and then the closer I got to Sunday, the more I felt like that was not essential. And the more I started rethinking and talking to some of our physicians, the more we decided in my spirit to be together was really super important, but uh, we decided to cancel it last minute. And I didn't get one person who was like, I can't believe you canceled. I can't, you know, it was just like, I really from the Holy Spirit had this deep Impression that this sure. would encourage people in our area who don't need to be out, and I hadn't even considered that we had communities um, that are on shelter at home. Midwest City is not, but we have people who drive in from like Norman, Oklahoma City, and so we would be pulling people out of those communities, or they wouldn't get to participate. So um, I definitely, uh, I definitely, it was one of the one of those moments that you, as a pastor, are like. Well, I messed up on that one. I just admitted it in my announcement. I was like, you know, if I'd have thought this through ahead, I wouldn't have announced it. And then we wouldn't have to be re- retracting. Because the worst thing for me is canceling oh, something. I hate canceling. When I started ministry, I said, I will never cancel anything um, unless it's like dangerous for people. Because I will let, even if one person shows up, that person is worth doing the event and doing it to the best of our ability. Like, like I believe... In in the ministry of small things, I right. don't. It doesn't have to be a thousand people that show up for me. Like if I plan a big event and a few people are going to show up, we may have to alter what we do because the events that I plan may not work with the few people. But we're going to meet, and this was one of those things where I thought. But safety wise, it is something that we're we don't want to be reckless as a church. Right. I, I wouldn't want to, you know, two weeks later say, okay, well we all got together and now ten of our people have COVID. And uh, what we got out of it was a parade. And I know others went ahead and had their parades and had a great time. And uh, most of the people I saw that did that were rural and a little different situation sure. than we're in. Uh, and so so we're just all in this experimental phase. And what I love is that the church is letting us experiment. So, like for so long, you know, you heard all these stories about we've never done it this way before. <laughs> I've never heard that yeah, during no. this. Because none of us have ever done it this no, way before, you know. I think, and everybody knows we've never done it. <laughs> right. Like, I just wish that
1: uh, that those people who are who are thinking that uh, some of some of what has been deemed non-essential about the church, I, I wish, I wish that, I hope that it opens their eyes to some of the things where you know maybe we need to do some essential things, like maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe we need to create some essential ministries uh right now yeah. so that uh so that we are a place right like uh i don't want to right i don't want to be insulting and i don't want to uh, hurt anybody's feelings but sometimes some of the things that the church it's easy for the world to dismiss us and say uh that's not essential uh but if we're feeding the poor if we're caring for the sick uh you know it, it it was the church that decided that hospitals were a necessary thing and uh, and and, yeah, for, and yeah. most of our hospitals still well, bear the name of a church somewhere i'm not sure that they belong to the church anymore cuz they've been uh they've yeah. been absconded with by the uh by the business of doing medicine but uh,
0: I, yeah it, it kind of what happens when we get in bed with uh, commerce? Sometimes, yeah,
1: yeah, but we can't. Let's not go into all that. Um, I j- just want to say, my people yeah, have been we really good to that. me too. I, uh, I, you know, I, I mentioned to a, one of my parishioners that uh, we didn't have eggs. Like we went to the store and there were no eggs. This was like week one when all of the, everything in the grocery yeah. store was just wiped out. And I said, Yeah, the I, eggs were gone early. And so he he showed up at my door. Uh, you know, and he kept the social distancing. He followed, we followed all the protocol or whatever, you know, and um, well, that's not true because his daughter was there. He brought his little girl with her and she hugged me. Um, Yeah. uh, yeah. Well, that's,
0: that's tough to stop. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) But um, I, uh, we
0: talked about that before, I think.
1: Yeah. But uh, he handed me, you know, a carton of eggs. Have I told that story before? I'm sorry if I did, but um he just you told me that
0: the, there was a girl who just ran up instinctively and hugged yeah. you and i don't know if we did this on air yeah. or if it was one of our conversations in the car when you were moving Maggie
1: I <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> one of those times but the uh, this is what happens when you do life together it's hard to remember what stories were told and what in what context but i yeah uh,
0: and at my age i just repeat them I, and <laughs> let my kids groan
1: <laughs> yeah my kids are rolling their eyes at me but he he they brought me their own chickens had laid these eggs and so they brought me chickens, uh, brought me eggs. They didn't bring me chickens. But they brought me eggs from their own chickens. <laughs> um, the I don't know what I would have done with chickens. I don't know that my HOA would appreciate me having chickens. I don't think I'm allowed to have chickens. But um, I, I thought, what if what if every church had a family farm? What if... What if that was kind of a yes. staple? What if we said essential ministry looks like this? Every church has a farm. That way, if we get in a crisis like this and there's a food shortage, we have it to give away. And in the meantime, we have it to give away to those who are without, right?
0: Yeah. And like, like we are probably going to plant some stuff here on my, uh, Tyler did a couple of years ago, didn't do it last year, I don't think. We had chickens. Until uh, a predator absconded with them <laughs> last year, and the rest flew the coop. So I was really missing my eggs this time around. I've had to go to the store like everybody else and look look through the barren shelves. Yeah. But um, yeah, getting back to the church, though, and what you're saying about essential ministry, um, maybe maybe this time is helping us to review what we really what's really we need to do when we gather and and what are some things that could fall by the wayside. So I also wanted to talk a little bit about Holy Week. And I I think we talked about this before we got on the air and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but, um, just uh, about how this Holy Week might be more real than any Holy Week we've ever done, because we tend to think of Easter as like this huge celebration. But if you read the the Gospels, it really wasn't that. It was scared disciples hiding in a room. <laughs> yes. Like that's how that's yeah, how it rather, started. Everybody was in their own house. Than, I mean, yeah. so we're going to be in our yeah. own houses. Yeah, like yeah. So I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Um, you know, I was I was just thinking about uh, something Frederick Beekner said about Christmas. Um, about how, uh, where you can't, di- you, maybe you can talk about the facts of how everything happened, how it all played out, and you can, you can dispute the facts. He said, but you can't dispute the impact that it made. Um, and Easter is one of those things that has impacted the whole world. Like we just, you can't, you can't escape um, the impact of the resurrection. You you can't. it, it Flows into every conversation that we have about life and death. It's it's there, uh, and and the impact that Jesus has had on the world and, and what this did. You know, I, one of my favorite and my you know my kids always kind of joke about it. But he has risen. He has risen indeed. You know, they always go, Dad. Oh, that, yeah, we're yeah, gonna, oh, do, we're that gonna do
0: that <laughs> Even though it'll be out of sync, we're gonna try to be in unison. <laughs> we're, gonna,
1: we're gonna try, and and I think yeah. that there's I think there's points for trying. You know, like I hope there's points for trying in in because I
0: call that grace, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Well, you think about your kids when you're trying to teach them to do something and they they're doing their best, but they don't do it right. You don't. It's like, you know, you don't beat them over the head or well I don't beat my kids over the head at all. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You, you don't like scold I do them and abscond them for like, like <laughs> well, you just didn't do it right. Like, you tried you hard, but it you was just, terrible. You just, yeah. Look at that yeah, picture. Look at that. I mean, the head of that person does That's not right. match That's I'm going to hang it on the fridge anyway. I mean, you probably saw my painting this week. <laughs> oh, and, I did. <laughs> and it was kind of that way. Like, like, like the body was a little <laughs> bit different than sure. the head of Jesus. But you don't scold your kids for their... You hang them on the yeah, refrigerator. You do. So yeah, I think you do. there are points for trying. You know,
1: I... I, yeah, yeah Judas. Judas got to... There is grace. There is grace, and I, the grace exists before we even start, right? Like the grace exists because so even before, before we, we, try. we try. So so you get points for trying, <laughs> yeah. but you got points before you even started trying. Like there.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe points for trying isn't the right. I'm way sure to say it's it. not. But God is pleased he in is our trying. He is
1: pleased, and I hope I get points for trying to say it, um, even if I'm using the wrong <laughs> words. You know.
0: Even if we're not very yeah, articulate. Right. Hey, this is what we get paid to do, but we're just not, not very, very good, good at it.
1: <laughs> Please help me, Lord. I, yeah. I feel
0: you. I feel
1: you. <laughs> well, Judah's got this art project going in the garage. Because I don't know if anybody in your home, but if you can imagine uh, a young teenage boy in quarantine, um, he really just needs to hit something. Um, and so... <laughs>
0: Even older yes. teenage boys. Well, Jonah maybe. said
1: to me. He said, "Dad, right now." He looked at he looked at his at his phone like he was looking at a, a watch or whatever, and looked at the time. He said, "Right now, at, if I was at school, they give me a, a time, like an hour, to hit people. Like that's <laughs> what it's that called, called football, right?" <laughs> so yeah, football So he's got, so he's got athletic yeah. period, and so he gets to push up heavy yeah. weights. He gets to run. He gets to punch uh, you know, a punching bag or whatever, he gets to tackle people. Um, and so he said, They give me an opportunity to hit somebody. I, I need a time to hit people, Dad. I needed time to do that. <laughs> and uh uh, you know, 'cause 'cause it's this socially acceptable way for teenage boys to engage. And I think we've had that conversation before too, but um Judah, you know, Judah's he's thirteen years old and so he's just feeling, you know, Man, I got it. He's just feeling this roller coaster, this quarantine roller coaster. And um, and yeah. so I said, you know, uh, his mama looked at me or she, she texted me from the other room. I was like, hey, uh, I think Judah might need a little bit of a pick-me-up, some help. And so I said, I just texted Judah because he was in his room. And I texted him and I was in the living room. I said, meet me in the garage. And so he came out to the garage. He said, what, Dad? What? And I said... Uh, I said, "Oh, I was just setting up this easel and this empty canvas and this bucket of paints um, for my for my teenage son who seems like he might need uh, an opportunity for some artistic Im- expression. Do uh, you think he'll be interested in that?" And he and he couldn't hold back his smile. He couldn't. You know how when you're trying to be cool and and you were upset and you're trying to maintain your angry face, but he couldn't hold it back, and the little smile broke through, and he said, "Yeah." Yeah, I do, and so he's been painting in the garage. But I, I'm gonna tell you something. I like to paint. And yeah, I know, and you're and good he, at it. He doesn't know what he's doing. Unlike he me, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like he's, he's messing it all up, right? I gave him an empty canvas, and he's gonna screw it up. No, oh, he's not. Okay, he's not. But, but, you know, that exists in me, right? And so I have to say, while I'm setting it up, I'm saying to myself, no matter what he puts on this canvas, no matter what he, he, he does here, this is for him. This is not for you. Right, yeah. Right? And, and, and I have to work my way through that. But my Heavenly Father, he doesn't have to work through. This is not for me. This is for them. He, uh, he's already doing it out of a purity of heart. He's already doing it out of a great love for us. He's already doing it. He's not working through his own ego issues. He's not working through all of that. He's already got it well in hand. And so grace comes from our Heavenly Father free-flowing, right? He doesn't even have to work it up. Right? Uh, He's already decided that we got points for trying uh, even before we tried. So.
0: Well, yeah. Um, and getting back to the, the whole idea of this Holy Week, and you were talking about Christmas, the idea that Christmas was this small story that kind of just changed the whole world. Um, I, I took a class on the resurrection, and one of our assignments for the resurrection was to take every gospel story about the resurrection and try to unify them, to write one story of the resurrection, and if you ever try to do that, it's no, impossible. Crazy. They don't they agree. Know, there's there's discrepancies, and some of our listeners may be what? like, "What? That's not good." Yeah. There's discrepancies, but you know, if the if the story were polished and unified and made a lot of sense, you could you could think that it was fabricated, but. But, you know, the fact that they chose women as their witnesses in their culture where women wouldn't be considered reliable witnesses, the fact that they, I mean, just going all the way through, the fact that they don't agree, if you've ever had five people describe a wreck to you, you're going to get five different stories. And so... N.T. Wright wrote this book called The Resurrection of the Son of God, which is an 800-page beatdown that says, here's why I'm right, and let me give you every shred of evidence so you won't disagree with me. That's kind of N.T. Wright's <laughs> yes, way of writing, in my yeah. estimation. He's very <laughs> smart. He knows so much. He's like, here's the thing. But what he comes to in that, and you can read the shorter version called Surprised by Hope, which is like the cliff notes to The Resurrection of the Son of God by N.T. Right. Wright. But Surprised by Hope kind of says the same thing. Um what we do know, even if you want to, dis- if you want to like argue the details of the, resur- the resurrection and the fact that the stories have discrepancies and, and Mark's original gospel didn't even have a resurrection, most yeah. people don't think. You know, it's like just leaves you on, to, well, he died. He's in the tomb. Okay. Um, <laughs> now you got to make up your right. mind. I-, I love the way that ends, though, if you think about it. It's like you have to decide if, if this is real yeah. or not. Um, but anyway, long story short, NT Wright says this. Something happened that completely changed the trajectory of these disciples. They would not have even been able to imagine one person rising before everyone else. So he thought, you know, the, the understanding of resurrection was everyone would be raised on the right. last day. So they would have had, they something happened to make them change their whole way of thinking. Something happened to change their whole trajectory instead of worshiping at the synagogue you know, continuing to worship how they did. They began to proclaim that Jesus is risen and Jesus is Lord. And they did that to their own peril. They went to their deaths. They did. To they say did. At some things. point,
1: they, be- Something they became aware that this might get us all killed if we keep saying this. They're going to think we stole that body. And they kept saying yeah, it. Yeah, but then they kept saying it anyway. First, <laughs> they hid in a room together, right? At first, they, yeah. they, like, they realized it. They went and hid. And then, so not... And the power of the Holy Spirit. So not just one thing happened, several things happened. Like like a continuation, like an ongoing version of whatever had happened first began to happen and happen and happen again to more and more and more of them, right? And they were all realizing it. And this one, Pentecost. Pentecost becomes so important to us because it happened to like 3,000 of us on one day.
0: And so the argument there is, is, although this thing was small... And it started out in this room full of scared disciples hiding in their yeah, homes, yeah. or a yeah. home at least, um, that that something happened wow. there. And we can argue the details. We can argue the facts. You can look at all the different accounts, and you could say, well, this doesn't match up with that. And and if we do, we don't understand the point of Scripture, because Scripture is supposed to tell us something about God, not, not historical and factual details all the time. But... Um, what you can't argue is that something happened that changed these people forever and has changed the world forever, yeah, like you said. It's I can't, you can, it's yeah, you can you try,
1: but you cannot argue with me that the Lord Jesus Christ transformed Harold Pig and it made my life completely different from the trajectory it would have been on had he not entered into a relationship with Jesus. Like if yeah. my dad didn't yeah. accept Jesus, my life is totally different.
0: And and I can argue the same in my own life. You know, it's like I was at SNU and I remember I was sitting in the mezzanine because that's where the people who didn't care about chapel sat. And we were at Revival and I took a long walk from the re- from the top of the mezzanine yeah. to yeah. the altar. And I remember people saying to me, Like, I didn't know you were a Christian. Yeah, I grew up in the church. I grew up going to church my whole life. You know, and those statements, like, just, I I encountered God in a new way in that chapel that changed, like, who I would marry. It changed changed everything. Changed everything. Like, it changed the whole trajectory that I would even consider being in ministry when I had not even given it a thought. Like, that would later come from that decision. I mean, there's so much that resurrection happens in all of our lives yeah um, even before we know it like you said yeah God's yeah. grace is there way before we know it and so uh, man what a week but I, I think this week maybe we can sense a little more of the darkness of the week I think we can yeah. sense a little more of the fear of the week we can sense a little more of the uncertainty in the week that maybe we haven't been able we've always just fast forwarded to Easter. And so I think my worship service this week will be a little more understated on purpose because I I think we're going to we're going to meet with those disciples in that home, right? You know, yeah. we're going to we're going to yeah. say this what does it feel like to be isolated and alone and scared yeah. and thinking that all hope is lost? and then jesus wins, right. right if if
1: yeah <laughs> i and trying to you know borrow from bernie brown a little bit here but uh if we skip over the fear if we pretend we're not afraid then we don't experience the vulnerability that comes with fear and if we don't experience the vulnerability then we don't open ourselves up to the transformation that wants to take place right
0: yeah man this last week You'd have been proud of me as a pastor because I preached on lament (laughs) and I taught our people how to lament. That was my whole thing. And I was like, all I could think of was my friend, Michael, who says the word lament. I even said this in my message. My friend Michael says the word lament more than any human being I know. (laughs) <laughs> and so before Wednesday, before tomorrow, I'm going to write a lament and put it out there on the internet. Dude, so you can um, you can look at it. You let me know what you think I about can't it. can't wait. A, a quarantine lament. I can't wait. And I'm challenging my people this week to do the same. Because lament is where we tell the truth. Yeah. And this is kind of the point I got to. We tell the truth, but we also uh, fix our hope and our trust in Christ. And we hold those two in tension. Yeah. Because the truth is bad sometimes. Oh, and the truth is real and it hurts yeah. and it's painful. Mm-hmm. And yet we have this fortress and this refuge. So so in the lament we read was Psalm 142. It was like, I have no refuge. Everyone hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. I mean, that's <laughs> that's my translation. And then the next verse is, but you, oh, God, are my refuge. Yeah. And it's like, if we don't admit the first, we can't get to the second. Like you're saying, the transformation will never happen <laughs> until we can be real and authentic about where we are. Yeah. And, and we think. David Busick's the one who put me into that whole thing because he, he talked about how can we how can we have faith when we have more questions than answers. <laughs> and he says, it's not only pra- able to do, we're not only able to do that, it's biblical. It's called lament. Yeah. And that got me thinking and I had canceled the parade. So I was kind of scrambling for a message and probably one of my better messages came <laughs> about because I was like that statement and then just looking yep. at a lament and thinking about that. And my friend Michael would say, we need to be able to lament during this time. How
1: can we sing, um, sing the Lord's songs in a foreign land? You know, it's a psalm. Yeah. uh, How can we do that? But but then God's command to the people. When they're in Babylon. Yeah, God's command to the people is sing. Sing the songs. Like they're singing, how can we sing? We hung up our, our lives. We hung up our harps. On the on the willows right. there, and he, and God's command is not, yes. is not no by the rivers of Babylon. Yeah, he's, God says no. Take yeah. up your harp, sing those songs, sing those songs of joy. Church this week in isolation, in quarantine, and you say, hey, but how could we sing? How could we sing the Lord's songs? Sing, sing the Lord's songs. You know, I I think lament so, is the most is one of the most healthy things we can do because if we don't address it, then it just festers. It just festers.
0: Yeah. So I was reading NT, right, even after I preached on Sunday, and you'll yeah. like this. It's the the beauty of the fact that they're singing a song about how can we sing a song. <laughs> like they're actually singing the <laughs> yeah, song they are. They are. about how can we sing uh-huh. a song. Uh-huh. So they're lamenting the uh-huh. fact that they can't sing. Right. So in that, they're even doing what they say they can't do. Sure. Uh, by trusting in God. Right. We're going to sing this song about not wanting to sing songs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, so ironic. It's so awesome. At the same like time, like one of
1: the most beautiful scenes in Lord of the Rings is when uh, Pip has to sing. Oh, I've been rewatching those. Yeah, where Pip has to sing for the for the uh, governor or whatever uh, the guy who's in charge, and he's eating those grapes and the,
0: the, steward, and of the steward of Gondor. Of Gondor who, oh, it's yeah. so gross. And, he's
1: eating, and you see chicken ripping, and, and he's singing this gorgeous. Song. All will fade.
0: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's singing baby. a lament
1: while I the just army dies that. out on the on the the battlefield. You know, I mean, like, but we get that. Like, that's so human. It's so necessary for humanity to do that. Um, and my kids are like, "Dad, you just like it when people cry. You just like it." I said, "I kind of like it when I make you cry, cause I'm twisted up. <laughs> I'm twisted up inside my mind." Which is a twenty one. It's a twenty one pilot song, but um, anyway, I just always sing it because. I kind of like it when I make people cry. Like, that's the goal. I I don't mind crying. I like, I think it's cathartic. I think it's helpful. And so we need to voice it because because praise doesn't mean anything. If we just walk into the sanctuary, pretend like everything is hunky-dory, and we just start singing a praise song, but nobody's had the opportunity to tell the truth, then what good is the praise? Right. What good is the
0: praise? If God didn't bring you through anything, there's not a lot of faith in that kind of praise. No, no, it's just routine. It's like what good is not what good is, but how much more glorious is Easter when you've been through Good Friday? Oh yeah. Or bad yeah, Friday? You bad Friday. Yeah. yeah, you have to
1: go through Bad Friday. Yeah. You have to go through Bad <laughs> Friday.
0: Yeah. If you haven't gone through the darkness of Friday, the light of resurrection doesn't feel quite as yeah. bright, you know? So so yeah, this week um Man, Holy Week may be the most meaningful we've been through in a kind of a strange way, yeah. and we will celebrate on Sunday. But we we'll also, at least with us, I, I'm going to look at that understated nature of the first Easter. But how how resurrection life kind of begins to take hold everywhere. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm writing my sermon as we go right <laughs> here. So thank you for this help.
1: <laughs> this has been our cohort. You've been, uh,
0: yeah, there our you preaching go. cohort. I, some good therapy for me too. Hey, well, I love you, man. We're about 42 minutes in. (laughs) So uh, I will look forward to talking to you again in quarantine. Um, maybe even before we record next, but I hope you have a great Easter, good Friday, whatever. Are you guys going to do a little zoom thing there? That'll be fun. And, uh, I pray that will be a glorious Easter, even though it's different for you.
1: Same for you. All right.
0: See you next week. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.